Across the ASEAN, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Across the ASEAN here in Muddy FM 89.3. I'm JP Ong, and today it's all about Singapore and why wouldn't it be given the release of the, of the flash or advanced second quarter GDP estimates. And if it's, uh, it depends on how you look at the numbers. On the surface, year on year, Singapore's second quarter GDP figures impressed with a 14.3% year on year jump. That's coming from off the low base of the second quarter of 2020 when the economy was ravaged and almost brought to a near standstill thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, this this did come below estimate, average estimates of economists surveyed by Bloomberg. And perhaps just a little bit more concerning is the fact that the second quarter GDP print came in 2% lower on a quarter-on-quarter basis, meaning that the local economy actually shrank by about 2% as compared to the first three months of the year. How much of this has to do with the uh, social restrictions that were enacted in the month of May and June? And how serious is this, uh, is this uh, seeming speed bump, at least, in Singapore's economic recovery? Well, today, on Money FM 89.3 here and across the ASEAN. We're joined by Ms. Selina Ling. She is the Chief Economist and Head of Treasury Research at OCBC. She's one of the economists who's been tracking, who also um, uh, issued a, a, a report at least, or has been tracking these GDP numbers from Singapore. And she joins us on the line now to talk about what she made of the report card and whether or not this uh, poses an, uh, any sources of concern, of uh, serious concern for Singapore's economic recovery. Ms. Ling, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are safe and in good health during these times. And welcome to the show. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon, JP. Glad to be on the All right. So, Zelina, you please uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I believe your estimates for the GDP for GDP in the second quarter was actually to grow by 12.9%, which means that these numbers were actually a little bit better than what you were expecting. However, as you mentioned, the uh, report card a bit mixed depending on how you look at it, whether it's on a sequential basis or on a year-on-year basis. Can you give us your overall impressions of Singapore's preliminary economic report card for the second quarter? And if you saw this as a pleasant surprise given your initial estimates? Sure. I think to put things in the context, first of all, second quarter last year was during circuit breaker, so it was really a very low base. Mm-hmm. Hence, our expectation was for the second quarter of this year to grow by 15%, but that was before phase two heightened alert came along. So with phase two heightened alert, we had actually shaded it down to 12.9%. So overall, for the estimates to come in at 14.3%, it's still a little bit better than what we initially expected. Hence, we are not too you know, worried about the 2% step back in terms of the quarter-on-quarter numbers because it's still a little bit milder than what we initially expected. And I, actually, go ahead. Too, you know, because uh, with the transition to the Phase 3 heightened alert, I, did, I do think that you know, the momentum will pick up from here and the second half stabilization story is still in. Uh, Ms. Ling, you know, whenever we see uh, a quarter-on-quarter contraction in the economy, uh, generally we do ask, uh, I do have to, you know, it, the next question is if we see another quarter of contraction, then that does bring up questions about a recession. It seems that many economists don't seem to be worried too much about that. But I do want to ask, based on what you've seen from the numbers, how much of a factor exactly did the social restrictions in May to June play in the economy, perhaps just stalling a little bit over those three months? I think definitely the social restrictions in the mid-May, mid-June uh, did actually contribute to a little bit of a speed bump in terms of the growth momentum, hence the quarter-on-quarter contraction. But I think looking ahead, you know, basically with the global and also domestic vaccination pace speed, we do think that, you know, measures will be cautiously and gradually relaxed. I mean, take, for example, the dining-in restrictions that has been uh, gradually relaxed as well. So there is some upside, I think, in terms of the F&B and also on the retail sector from here. 
Of course, that's not to say that it's still a very even recovery because there are still some other sectors like aviation and tourism, for instance, that is still very much being held hostage to the COVID situation that's developing in some of our neighbouring countries, for instance. So it's still very uneven, but I think overall, um, the second half recovery story probably will still continue as planned. Uh, regardless of how you look at the numbers, though, you have said before, Ms. Ling, that uh, growth exceeding the government's 4 to 6% forecast is indeed possible despite this momentary speed bump. Um, based on that, though, what would you think would need to happen now for Singapore to exceed that? What kind of scenario or variables would need to play out for us to actually re- uh, exceed that 6% forecast if, uh, if it is possible, as you've said? Well, with the first half of this year, GDP growth is already at a very healthy 7.4% year-on-year. So even if we see second half growth momentum moderating on a year-on-year basis as the second half uh, of 2020 base effects turn less accommodative, I do think that uh, we have a fairly good chance of exceeding the 6% uh, top uh, range of the forecast by the government. I think we've also had very strong hints you know, that they would be upgrading their full-year growth forecast some August. And I think by August, we will get the revised numbers for the second quarter, so if the June momentum continues to pick up, you know, after the transition to the phase three heightened alert, uh, I think we are probably looking realistically at a range of like 6 to 7%. In fact, I've upgraded my full-year growth forecast from 6.3% to 7% because manufacturing continues to be very strong. Mm-hmm. We're still meeting to Selena Ling, the Chief Economist and Head of Treasury Research at OCBC here and across the ASEAN to talk about the advanced second quarter GDP print here in Singapore. And as you mentioned a while ago, uh, Selena, this was another print where manufacturing could be argued to have done most of the heavy lifting, lifting the economy up by the scruff of, the, of our neck. On the flip side, though, you saw construction unsur- unsurprisingly rocked by the movement control restrictions that did impact the uh, uh, operations on many construction sites here. Can manufacturing, manufacturing continue to do most of the heavy lifting for Singapore's economy? And what do you think played into why manufacturing grew and why construction didn't, given the fact that both these sectors also ha- depend on, uh, on, on, uh, on, on workforces and labor to drive their operations? Well, to a certain extent, manufacturing sector is less vulnerable to foreign workforce constraints, unlike the construction sector. And manufacturing sector is very much supported by very healthy global demand, especially for the electronics and precision engineering clusters. And there is an ongoing global chip shortage, so Singapore is actually leveraging on that. I think going forward, I do expect manufacturing sector to momentum to sustain, maybe not at the very strong double-digit levels that we have seen in the second quarter of this year, but nevertheless, I think for full year, there's a good chance that manufacturing sector growth would also hit double digits. Mm. If you compare that to construction, construction actually what uh, we see is that the activity pipeline remains fairly sluggish. And as you mentioned, there is a foreign manpower constraint that is very binding for now. So it's both a demand and also a supply side story for construction. You know, Selina, when we talk about Singapore, we've often regarded this, uh, Singapore as being a very open and, uh, and, and externally reliant economy. But we've seen the COVID-19 virus really hit some of our neighboring economies really hard. You don't have to look so much further than the north of the causeway in Malaysia. Indonesia now arguably taking over as the COVID epicenter from um, India, Thailand, the Philippines, for instance, all going through their own COVID woes. We also count a number of these as our crucial trading partners. While Singapore is still maintaining growth for the most part based on this 
this GDP print. How crucial is an economic revival in these places to Singapore's outlook? And could our engine be stuck in second gear until things improve in these other economies? What are your thoughts as to how important uh, a regional pickup is going to be for Singapore's long-term economic trajectory? Well, Singapore is a little bit like an airplane. You know, you have one engine which is manufacturing and that's doing well for now and probably will sustain in the near term. Mm-hmm. But the other engine really, you know, uh, comes down to being uh, in this neighbourhood and I think the situation is still very much volatile as far as COVID is concerned. So external demand from some of our key trading partners like Malaysia and Indonesia, Island, as you mentioned, would probably take a step back that we have downgraded our growth expectations for the full year for some of these economies because of the tightened restrictions and lockdowns uh, due to the rising COVID cases. And that will impact their demand and also hence trade with Singapore. But that said, um, I think the key for second half growth outlook still remains one where the services sector would still be one of a uh, very mixed bag. You know, you have ICT and financial services and professional services doing a lot better. But, you know, without the reopening of borders, the reality is for the aviation and the tourism and hospitality-related sectors, they will continue to be in a bit of a doldrum from, from here as well. So it's still a, very much a, a K-shaped recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, finally, Selena, I do have to ask you, we've talked about uh, tourism, aviation, manufacturing, construction. Um, are there any other sectors that could be in for more upside or surprise upside in the second half of the year if things do continue to pick up? Any sectors that maybe might be a bit of a, might provide a pleasant surprise if things continue to reopen or recover here in Singapore? Well, it really depends, like I mentioned, uh, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the vaccination pace in some of our uh, key trading partners. If uh, that uh, proceeds smoothly, then obviously the reopening of borders would greatly help the aviation and the tourism sector. But in the meantime, I think uh, it will really fall down to domestic consumption. So if the relaxation of a lot of the dining in and other restrictions uh, proceed uh, gradually, and uh, we should see the F&B and the retail sectors doing a little bit better on the domestic side. But the foreign visitor arrivals will probably still remain fairly sluggish from now. All right, still some uncertainties for Singapore, but regardless, seems that the GDP print on a year-on-year basis seems to have come fairly, uh, uh, shown solid growth for the most part. I'd like to thank Ms. Selena Ling, the Chief Eco- Economist and Head of Treasury Research at OCBC, for joining us today on Across the ASEAN here in Money FM 89.3 to talk about the Singapore's advance report card for the second quarter. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these uncertain times. We look forward to the next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe and have a great Wednesday ahead, ma'am. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.